0: Today's podcast is being brought to you by one of my favorite, favorite video apps called Vlog Easy. What you're going to love about this app is that you can do two main things with it. The first thing that I use it for is if I'm doing planned content videos, it actually edits for you. It's called jump cutting. There's no other app that does this. It saves me hundreds and hundreds of hours of editing. So you can create amazing videos in no time by using this app to promote your business. It will help you grow your business, bring brand awareness and convert sales. In addition to the jump cut feature, there's over 5,000 royalty-free photos, videos, and stickers, and you can share it to any platform. You can video in different ratios. You can do it in vertical, horizontal, square. The second way that you are absolutely going to love using this app is to vlog throughout the day. So you can start it in the morning, vlog throughout the entire day, export it at night, and place it on any of your social platforms. And if you're into Instagram like I am, and you can export it in 15-second increments specifically for your Instagram story, this will become your go-to app to wash, rinse, repeat your content. For an exclusive rate, and you get an amazing deal if you use my link, go to angelaprofit.com vlogeasy vlog easy. And that's V as in video. Hi, y'all. It's Angela, and I'm back for another episode of Business Unveiled. And I'm super excited because we get to talk to another fun podcaster today. She's a Jesus lover, a wife, a mom of two boys from. To Harris, New Mexico. She is the host of the top ranked podcast, The Mompreneur Mastermind Show. And her mission is helping, empowering, and transforming Christian mompreneurs. I'm not a real mom. As you guys know, I have two puppies, but I help my sister with her kids, four kids, and my brother has a new baby. And so even though I'm not a mommy to any of those kids, I feel like a part-time mom sometimes. And without our faith and without all the prayers with the kids, I don't think we would be able to get through life without it. So I'm down with that. And Steph specializes in helping these incredible women uncover and tap into their God-led callings, launch podcast, and monetize these podcasts using courses and coaching, which I am all for. If you guys have listened to me for a long time, this is one of the number one questions we get. And so if you are thinking of launching a podcast or you have a podcast and you don't know how to monetize it, you don't know how to do online courses or coaching, you're going to want to tune in today. And so Steph really wants women to create true change for themselves and for Jesus by utilizing their gifts and serving the world with a business that lights them up. I know sometimes it can sound so cheesy. It's like, just do your passion and the money will come and just pray for it. And all of that is true, but I will say, you know, you have to put the work in And so she believes that when we let God's miracles lead our paths, we will profit from our passions, live proactively and design a life that fuels our soul, which girl, I believe a hundred percent. She believes we can have it all, you know, and I believe that too. I say, you can change the world. You you just have to plan for it a little bit. And so we're going to talk about passive income strategies and how to grow an organic following using podcasting. So Steph, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Angela. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be fun.
0: I'm super excited. So before we jump in to talk about how you became a mom and then you decide to be a podcaster and how you decided to monetize, like, take us back. What's your journey? Where did you grow up? How did you grow up? Were you surrounded by entrepreneurs? Has this been an easy journey or a hard journey? Take us down that path of how have you gotten to where you are today?
1: Absolutely. So first thing, absolutely was not surrounded by entrepreneurs. I don't even think I knew that was an actual thing until college or beyond. My dad was the first one in his family to go to college. And so that was such a milestone for him that that was just deeply embedded for my brother and I. You're going to go to college. You're going to get the good, stable career, the degree. And that was just not an option. So that's what I did. I went to college, ended up getting a finance and accounting degree, and I went off into corporate America. And wow. I don't know if you follow the Enneagram, Angela, but I'm a three. Okay. So okay, I'm a, I'm a seven. I'm a three wing two. I love sevens. You guys are so much fun. I'm a three <laughs> wing two, so I'm this high achiever, and paired with being a helper and like loyal, and so I'm like. Work has always been so easy, and I love it, and that can be a pro and a con, as I'll share in a little bit here, but I climbed the corporate ladder really quickly because it was just me. You know, I'm single at the time, and I end up becoming the youngest corporate controller of this um, solar company by the age of 27. You know, I'm going to Spain and Germany, and I've got this awesome job, and it was great until they shut down. They shut down the plant where we live out here in New Mexico. And I had just gotten engaged to my now husband and we're sitting there and I'm like, okay, I have a choice. We can move to Germany. I can follow this company, which was an option, or I can figure out something else to do. And he was working crazy hours in public accounting, but we knew we wanted to start a family. So he's like, well, you know, we have this, the wedding's coming up. We want to start a family soon. I kind of thought maybe there's something I can do from home. So I decided just to kind of take my time and see what happened and see if there was something I could do from home. Then I learned about this word, this idea, Angela, that I think so many of you guys listening probably experienced. It was like, hey, Steph, you know, have you ever heard of like doing network marketing or something like that? And you could have all this residual income and it's amazing. And it was like my first experience ever hearing that there was another way to do life. And I wasn't tainted, had never heard of that industry. And I'm sure you guys all know what that direct selling, MLM, network marketing, you know, the companies. And so I was like, okay, I saw the promo video she was floating around on a, in her pool on a pink flamingo, Angela. She had a nice <laughs> oh, wow. little, like, you know, uh, mojito. Her kids were sitting there like little angels. She's making Millie's. I was like, well, that looks good. I mean, if that chick can do it, so can I.
0: That's hilarious. <laughs>
1: so bad. And here's the thing about me. Tell me I can't do something and then watch me. And so what I heard was, oh, those don't work. You gotta put people in faster than they fall out stuff, all the things. And I was like, okay, challenge accepted. I didn't have a job at this time, so I was like, I'm gonna do it. I signed up with this network marketing company and this was about eight years ago and I didn't look up. I was a crazy person. Y'all know, like I was in the DMs, cold marketing people, hit, hitting everybody up. I was, you were running for me, you were defriending me. But let me tell you what, like being relentless,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: As horrible as that phase was in my life for my poor family members and friends, I ended up climbing to the top 1% of that company within 24 months. Wow. I walked the stage. I had the $50,000 bonus check and the cars and the free trips and all the things, all the material things, right? And it looked from the outside like, oh my gosh, she's doing so amazing. I had one kiddo at this time. And uh, we knew we wanted another one. And so what's crazy though is, and you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of religious. I'm like that Jesus girl. That's a little crazy. So take me with a grain of salt. If that is not for you, (laughs) insert what your belief. Okay. But for me, I began to really idolize money and, and um, recognition and how Mm -hmm. do I get more? How do I achieve more? And what I didn't see Angela is that behind the scenes. What I had become was a full fledged workaholic. My family was not first, they were last to me mm-hmm. becoming bigger and better and more successful. And I was just taking everybody with me. Like, who, can, and I, this is not something that I'm proud of, but it's something that's so important as part of this story because we think yeah. that money and success equals worthiness when we don't have it yet, right? That's what will equal happiness. That's what will bring me joy. But what it brought me was this feeling of just emptiness of more. I was like I this isn't enough. I need more. So, long story short, I kept on that way for about 4 years.
0: Mm-hmm. Until
1: I believe that I'm really stubborn. So, I think God had to step in for me and he was like, "I said no." Like Stop I it. said, stop. You're being crazy. You're, you know, and so the company kind of started going through a rebrand. I started to lose my downline and I was working so hard to rebuild it. I couldn't do it. And so for the first time in my life, I quote unquote failed at something in business. It just kind of crumbled from underneath me. And there I sat, you know, in this really dark moment because my worth had been tied up in this company everything I thought of myself was in the company. And so I sat there, I had just had my second baby. I'm 60 pounds overweight. I'm a full fledged, like workaholic at this point, Angela. And I just sat there and like, just crying into my Doritos. Like, what am I going to do? Like everything's over for me. And so what do you do? you panic, right? As, as entrepreneurs, I'm like, I can't go back to work. I have all these kids. This is crazy. So I started to panic. I started selling t-shirts on Amazon merch. I can't make this up. Hmm. Yeah. Really embarrassing. I am not a graphics person. And then I got a phone call from a friend, you know, the phone, a friend, she's like, sit down. This is about six months after the whole like breakdown. She goes, sit down, Stephanie. And I sit down. She goes, why are you making really ugly t-shirts on Amazon when you have a insane gift for helping people grow incredibly successful online businesses? And you're so great at clarity and you've coached me to start this great business and it's doing so well. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm hiding, I think. You know, like, <laughs> I I have, I have like t-shirts, <laughs> I'm hiding, you know, I didn't want to say I failed at something. So I just hid and I pretended that network marketing was still going great. So anyway, I decided enough was enough. And I had to figure out who God had created me to be. And I knew that he wastes nothing. I knew that there was some incredible pieces of that hard, all of that, that hard stuff I had gone through that he wanted to use for his good. And so i got out a sheet of paper if like this is my infamous story it's like the sheet of paper that changed everything (laughs) and i wrote down the woman that i thought god wanted me to be Mm -hmm. and it was she's healthy she's energetic her kids and her husband are number one she wakes up early and she focuses on scripture and she's intentional with her time and she has boundaries laser like crazy focused boundaries. She doesn't work past this time. She doesn't work on the weekends and she inspires and helps and motivates these women to step out and to believe in themselves and to grow these fierce businesses. And she doesn't worry about how much money it makes her. And I wrote all these things down. And then I looked at it and laughed and I'm like, must be nice to be her. (laughs) You're like, that's not me. That's not me. But here's what I did. Every day I woke up And I did one thing off the paper, like one, I was like, today I'm going to the gym or today I'm going to do that first live, even though I don't really know what my brand is yet. I'm just going to do it. And what's so crazy is what was that? Gosh, four years ago, four short years, which seems like it seems long, but in the grand scheme of things, four years later, I'm the woman on the paper and it blows my mind every day to see that. You can become anything that you've been created to be if you take it one day at a time and you let, I believe for me, you let God come into your business and you, instead of you getting in the way of your business, you let God lead your business and that's what happened. And so now- I coach Christian entrepreneurs to figure out their soul call. I'm a clarity coach. So people struggle with what's my thing. They can't get it out. They can't verbalize it. So I help them get clarity. Then I help them launch podcasts because I believe growing an organic brand now is this Aud, uh, you know, doing it audibly is the best way to grow an organic funnel that goes deep with people that creates trust. Mm-hmm. So I teach podcasting and then finally I teach them how to monetize it using e-courses because I think if we can do it this in a passive way as mamas and as, you know, busy entrepreneurs, why wouldn't we? Right. But so now I'm like, I'm the woman on paper. I only work Monday through Thursday. It's crazy, Angela.
0: All you did was write it down. Like, th- you've got to start there, right? Like, you have to start somewhere. You have to decide. You yes. have to decide,
1: though. You, ha- you know, like, when you've gained the quarantine 10 and you're like, okay, just one more taco plate, and then there's this moment where, like, enough.
0: Yeah. Enough.
1: Like, I'm done. I'm done doing what other people want me to do. I'm done pretending that this new shiny thing is the right thing. And there's a moment where, even in your businesses you decide to stop looking up and you decide that every day you're going to make the intentional choices to live your life the way that you want. And you know, right. for me, it's so unconventional. Like I delete the apps on the weekends. I do not work Friday through Sunday and people just got used to it. They were like, we can't get all this stuff on the weekend. And I just decided this is the way I'm going to operate, take it or leave it.
0: Yep. That's yeah. great. And so it's funny because whenever I was transitioning out of doing so many events and focusing more on our company, GSD Creative, which stands for get shit done to help people get (laughs) shit done. Love uh, it. You know, you have to create those boundaries. And if you don't, you get sucked back into it constantly constantly. And so it's almost like creating boundaries with you, yourself, and the, like I, w- I write my stuff down on my whiteboard um, and, and look at it often. Like, is this in an alignment with where I want to go? Is this in an alignment? And there's lots of shiny new objects and things out there that I want to say yes to, but then I have to look and say, nope, that's not in alignment right now because you want to free up your time to say yes to the right things. Right. So talk to me like about why you think podcasting is the best way to grow an audience. And well, before we even get there, how did you decide to call your pod- podcast, the mompreneur? Yeah. Best okay. Good. That's question. what I really want to know first before yeah. we talk about an audience.
1: Okay. So for me, there was this really hard struggle between, I'm literally called to be an entrepreneur. Like it is everything in my bones. I, you know, it's just everything. And then I had kids and there was this, My I was split. And it was like, all of a sudden I was also called to be a mother. And I have these two precious boys, one's three and a half and one's six and a half. And I was like, okay, well, if I do one, I give up on the other. Oh wait, well, if I do this one, then this one. And there was this period of I can't seem to do both. And then I had that moment that we talked about that was like enough. If God made me this way and he gave me the kids and he gave me the business, I am powerful and smart and intentional enough to be both, to be both and to do both exceptionally well. And so to me, that word means There are two pieces for so many people, which is being a mother and an entrepreneur, and I was tired of pretending like you could only be one, and I wanted to be the beacon of light for other women that wanted to do both with grace, to bring their kids into their business instead of shutting them out, Um, teach them that I can do my podcast with my kids we're all sitting outside and I'll record an episode and I've made it okay for my community. I go live. My kids come in and ask me a question. I completely turn my attention to answer them full you on. I don't it. say get out. You know, it's cause I want people to see your children are never a burden to your business. They're the reason you have your business. Yep. So you know, claim that. So that's why I chose that word. And I also chose that word because I coach mompreneurs and I wanted them to see that this was a place that we could mastermind. This was a place where we could learn, grow together. They could hear live coaching. So that's why I came up with that title.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's funny because like, there are so many like women that are entrepreneurs that They did, they know I don't have like real kids that are my kids, and so they think that they can't um associate or get like super relevant with me. And they're like, Oh, you just wouldn't understand, you don't have kids. And I'm like, No, actually, like I have nieces and nephews, and that I very much am part of their lives. And sometimes people think they are my kids because they're around so much, but. I will say that once I started to really share that, like on my Instagram stories and behind like the scenes of like Facebook and, you know, I'm glad that it's like acceptable right now to be able to show like, Hey, this is behind the scenes. Like, yes, we're planning this million dollar event right now, but I'm also help homeschooling three kids right now. And when I need to focus on that, we'll focus on that. And then they can do their TikToks for fun. And then when I need to go back and focusing on money and budgets and vendors and building a team, I'm 100% present and focused on that. But like if the kids need something, like it's okay to stop, like exactly what you're saying. But so many people that that are moms and who are entrepreneurs, mompreneurs, it's like they think that they can't talk to people that don't have kids and I'm like, that's not true. Like just because I own businesses and also too, when people are like, do you have kids? I'm like, "Mm-hmm, 50 ish a year, depending yeah. on my clientele. I mean, they're like my babies and it's like, I want, and I mean that like truly, like I want the best, for, just like you want the best for your kids. You want the best for your clients. They're like my children, like yeah. in a good way. And so it's funny when people are like, how many kids do you have? I'm like, a, a lot.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's how kind of how I feel too, Angela, with the women in my community, it's like they're all my little, yeah, like my nieces or nephews. And I'm like, I'm teaching you, I'm guiding you, I'm holding your hands and mm-hmm. so much love to share. And it's just this visualization of, as an entrepreneur, you can love other things and you yeah. can be there for other people and you can be there for your kids or your spouse or your friends or your community or your clients and know that, you get a permission slip to be real and raw and authentic. And when I stopped hiding behind, oh gosh, I stopped hiding behind credibility. Oh, I have to show up as if I'm going to teach online marketing, I need to be this way and do this and do weird little things. And I just started to be a hot mess. Cause really that's truly who I am. I'm like, I'm a mess all the time. Take it or leave it. Have fun. I work for my PJs all day. I stopped apologizing for it. Like yep. my community knows me so well, Angela, that I became so relatable. There was zero barrier to them popping into my inbox and just asking a question. There was, They felt like they knew me and I was their best friend. And mm-hmm. that was the best thing I could have ever done for my business was drop all the facade of like, because we're business owners, we have to be super fancy or we can't show a behind the scene of this right. or that, or we can't exp- show a mistake. I love when I make a mistake and I get to go talk about it on the air because people go, oh my gosh, I've done that too. And all of a sudden you're real to them. You're a real person instead of this unreachable, untouchable brand.
0: It's so funny because some some of my, my uh, co-workers and people out there, they're like, now don't go talk about this on your podcast. <laughs> it's like, literally they'll say that to me. And then a week or so ago, one of our team members, she's like, We're like the Taylor Swift uh in the country industry and like the <laughs> pop and now pop. Like, we'll go she'll go write a song about you. And she's like, we're gonna talk about you. Like, you know, but not in a this is not a bad thing. It's right. all about claiming and just like being real with yourself, like, shit, I should have done that a different way. And thank you, whoever brought that up. And mm-hmm you made me think about it in a different way. And I never meant to hurt anyone's feelings. That was never the point of it. But I actually had someone recently, she's like, can we sign a contract that you never talk about that on a podcast? I'm like, get over yourself. Like, yeah. No, but I'll change your name. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just like, like this, this girl, I was trying to build a product and this girl tried to sue me for a picture. And I'm like, I paid you for these images. They're my images of my work. So I don't understand here, but because I'm nice and I just assume that if I pay you for a service and you give me it to me, it's like, if I go buy a pair of jeans, those are my jeans. If I want to cut holes in them, if I want to rip them up, if I want to paint them, they're my jeans, no matter who the, the uh, designer is, right? Right. And so I'm like, I promise I did like all my due diligence and had an attorney for the product or whatever. And, you know, we had to dig a little bit more and it took a little bit more fees, but it, it turned out fine. And like, it made me a little bit smarter. I'm like, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to take anything from you. In fact, I was trying to build affiliate marketing. And when people download your pictures, guess what? You get paid. (laughs) So, but you know, you're trying to do something good. But then people don't see it the way you see it. And so they like poo-poo on you, but then like you and I see it the same way. It's like, okay, you can do that, but I'll like wipe it off and come back better, you know? Right. Like there's nothing wrong with it. And
1: um you can't be for everyone. So no. here's the other thing about what your your example shows, Angela, is that once you guys take off the veil and you take off, oh, let me be let me just be real careful so that everybody likes me. Let me talk about all Mm -hmm. the things. Then you're just going to blend in and you're going to teach a whole lot of people a little bit. But once Mm -hmm. you start to really step up into who you are and be the most authentic you that there is, there are some people that will not like that. And you have to be okay with that because I want to be for fewer people, but I want to be everything to them. Like I want to be their person so you can you kind of have to be unafraid of not pleasing everyone not liking everyone having people poo poo on your stuff sometimes it's gonna happen and when that happens you finally know you're doing something right
0: yep yep I love that it's so true I'm like it's not for everybody and that's mm-hmm. okay like okay. you can't be everything to everybody you can't it's like a mom Moms go out there and they try to be everything to everybody. And you can't it's okay to ask for help. Like it is okay. It's okay. Okay. So now going to the next thing, like how how has your podcast and podcasting help you grow like an organic audience? Meaning like true organic people. So for those of you listening, if you're like, What's an organic audience? Like I've had people write in and they're like, You talk about this warm audience and this cold audience. Like, I'm not trying to be stupid, but I don't know what that means. And So I really try to, you know, I don't want to say like dumb it down, but for people who are not familiar, it's like people can buy their audiences or they can throw a bunch of money at ads and think they know what they're doing or they can A-B split test. And how have you really grown an organic audience like with with the mompreneur mastermind show? (laughs) Yeah,
1: great question. So when we all set out with our side hustle, with our business, with whatever it is you do there's really two things you ultimately want. Okay. One, you want people to follow you or Mm -hmm. to believe in your company or be an avid listener to your show, right? You want an audience, you want a community. And the second part is you then want to sell the community something because you want to make what money. Yep. That's okay. That's a normal word. We want money. Why else? You know, It's okay to ask for money in exchange for something that helps people implement, helps people transform, helps people get a result. So I kept trying to grow an audience. I kept doing Facebook ads with minimal return. I kept changing up my offers. I kept showing up everywhere. I'll do Facebook first, oh, that's not working. I'll do Instagram. I bought an Instagram manager, or I paid one, to grow my Instagram over the course of two years, and that's literally all this person did, And yet I saw no return on that. It just wasn't working. And I was so frustrated, so frustrated. And then I had this, I kept praying over it. I was like, what do I do? What am I missing here? Why am I know what I'm saying is valuable. I know I have something to offer. I just can't seem, I can't seem to reach more of these women. And I had this dream and I heard start a podcast, vivid, clear, So just directly for me. And so I woke up and I was like, okay, guess that was my divine answer. (laughs) Sat down at my computer. I had a staticky $20 Amazon mic, plugged it in and I sat behind the mic and I shared the story of how network marketing had failed for me, why I was doing this show, why I was trying to reach more people. And it was what happened is it was the birth of me Me showing up for them instead of asking them to show up for me, right? Got it. It was me serving every week, twice a week, free, free value, free knowledge, free tips, free resources, interviews, coaching, all for free. And they started to believe in me. They started to see trust. Trust me. They started to see a result from the things I was teaching. And what happened is once people see a result from you, You're no longer talk. You're no longer, oh, she's just flashy and she's selling something. I see a Facebook ad from this chick all the time. It was my business changed because of her. Now I trust her. I call these the trust tiers. They go from trust tier one, which is your podcast. They kind of get to know you. They're going, it's called cold market. They don't really know you yet. They go from trust tier one. As they get to know you and see that you're transforming the business, they then funnel into trust tier two, which is I'm now ready to spend money with you. And this is where I see most of the people that move into trust tier two will immediately spend anywhere from one to $500 with me. And it comes from directly from my podcast. So what did it do numerically? Well, I've had my show for a year and a half. In one year, it grew my audience by over 100,000 brand new people, followers, subscribers, Facebook uh, group people, all from the SEO of my titles without me doing any paid ads, nothing, all organic people, word of mouth, sharing the show, searching for keywords that I used in my titles. And then it grew my revenue by 1600% sixteen hundred
0: percent that's amazing
1: insane so does it work heck yes it works and why does it work because it's the way you go deep with people it's how you help people transform and Mm -hmm. people ask me all the time angela but but if you're giving it all away no one will pay you false give it all away and they will get pay you everything because they want you to actually do it for them the way that you're doing it, like in this casual way. They want your implementation one-on-one. They want your courses, your programs, your coaching, everything you've got to offer.
0: Yep. It's so true. So did you have your podcast for a certain amount of time before you started to monetize?
1: No, I actually did everything backwards. So I had <laughs> courses and I had everything <laughs> and I was missing this. like. That's why I teach podcasting. Cause I'm like, this is what people are missing. Cause they think it's the free thing that they don't need. Oh, that won't make me any money. No, this makes you all the money. Yep. So I had the stuff to sell on the show, which was great. So I started monetizing it from day one. And what that means for those of you that are like, how do you monetize a podcast? I would simply say like, Hey guys, looking to start a podcast, come on over to my podcast course and join us because blah, 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 blah. Emily launched top four in her category, go to this website. So I'm casually mentioning what I sell Mm -hmm. inside of every episode. And I did that from day one.
0: Gotcha. That's awesome. Do you have people that reach out to you and say, Hey, can you talk about my product and we'll pay you? And do you say yes to everybody?
1: Yeah. So you guys, as you grow your show, there are some potential brands or sponsorships that will reach out to you, which is super fun and cool and exciting. And they're like, Hey, I want you to pitch this thing. Would you be interested in pitching this thing on your show? And, um, one time Angela, I said, yes, because I thought, Oh my gosh, it's my first thing I could, I did not get a hundred dollars. This sounds wonderful. Mm-hmm. And so I did it. And then I realized A, I'm not even passionate about, it was an app. I'm not even using this app. I don't really, I'm not excited about it. Two, if I sell my own product, I make 95% profit margin. Like my own product, meaning courses of mine or coaching with me. And so I decided right then and there, I'm not going to promote products anymore that unless I actually use it, like I'm crazy obsessed. And then I go out to that brand and ask them to sponsor me. Or um, it's my own thing. So I do get pitched probably a couple times a week and I say no to everyone. But what a beautiful problem to have, right? right? You guys get to decide. You know what's super fun is the bigger you grow your show, the more flexibility that you'll have to pick the types of things that you want to recommend, like ads or sponsorships. I have some friends that their show is big enough now where they reached out to their favorite brands and their brand said, Heck yes, we're going to pay you an allowance or a a stipend and all you got to do is say the name of our company 20 times this month and you get 2000 bucks. Like it's so cool what can happen as you grow your show and there's definitely room for sponsorship to be a huge income driver, but it it is down the road, right? It's not an initial monetization strategy that I would recommend.
0: Mhm. You definitely want to build your audience before, like uh, people ask me that all the time. They're like, when you started your podcast, how much money did you make? I'm like, none. It cost me money. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, to produce it and it seems so easy and like low overhead. And, but what people who don't have a podcast, what they don't realize, like it is time. It is a lot of sharing. It is like, yes, you can do it with, you know, a cheap microphone in in a quiet spot Um, but then editing and producing and putting it out there and like having the intro and having the outro and having the music. So if you want to start to start a podcast, like hire somebody to help you do it. Like I did years ago, but back then he's like, we're not going to monetize it for the first two years. We're going to build an an audience. We're not doing one ad. We're not talking about anything else. We're just going to ask people to subscribe and follow the podcast. So I don't know if that was always the right way to do it. But I know that, you know, it was something that had worked for him and other people and brands that he had helped build, which again, I didn't know any different. Like I didn't know anybody at the time that had a podcast. (laughs) So it's like, what do you, what do you, what do you do? And it's like, you just do what you're told because you're paying that consultant to do it. Sure. So for people that are looking like to get started, what? what are some tips like when people first come to you and they're like, Hey Steph, I want to hire you to help me do a podcast. Like, does everybody go through that? Or after you tell them like, okay, so here's all the things that we're going to do and the things we're going to think about. And then do you have people bow out and they're like, this too much work, peace out.
1: (laughs) You know, what's funny is by the time you are deep into Stephanie Gass's podcast You believe so fiercely that podcasting is the way to go because I believe it so fiercely, which is why I say I only sell things that I'm obsessed with and I am obsessed with podcasting being a... Vehicle for these women, especially busy moms, because we can show up behind the mic whenever. The video is too much work to edit. A lot of these moms can edit their own show as they record, and I teach them that in the course. And so Mm -hmm. by the time they get to me, they're ready, which is so great. I do my own vetting because I figure I don't want someone that's not ready. I want people that are like, I'm in. Like, I'm ready and willing to do the work. I'm willing to spend the money to get this thing up and running. And I believe in you when you say it's going to take a year or two years before I start to see the fruits of this labor. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I did, Angela, was I created the course because when you start, those of you that are coaches or want to coach, or you do something that exchanges time for money, you always have to ask yourself this question. What of this could I record and sell as a course to remove myself from this process? So as I started to take clients and I'm walking them through and we're setting up the tech and I'm showing them how to edit versus outsource or whatever, I'm like, this is the same thing over and over. And I don't really like it. I like the strategy. (laughs) I like, I like titling podcasts with you. I like coming up with your juicy titles and SEO. Like I'm the strategy queen of like copy and, and, and titling and all of that. So here's what I did. I created a course that taught all the podcasting, editing, recording, um, how to get guests on your show, how to pitch, how to grow, how to market it on Pinterest, how to get sponsorships, how to do the graphics, your art, blah, 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 all the things of like the tech side. And then I said, but when you buy this course, you can get a 30 minute podcast strategy session with me at a great price. Mm
0: -hmm. So what did
1: I do? I outsourced 80% of the process in a course And I only took the piece I love as the one-on-one, the 30 minutes where we title the show together and we come up with the strategy and the vision for the graphics. And and so they come to me, they buy the course, they add on the 30-minute. So we jam on the 30-minute and they have a whole strategy going into the course. The final component of why this is so successful is after they're done with the e-course, which takes them about two weeks. And then they've got a podcast in the world, which is amazing. Yeah. They now are funneled into the community. I have 300 people in this community who have all launched successful shows. They're doing reviews for each other. They're doing interviews with each other. There is so much accountability and support. That's the missing link for so many courses is you take a course and good luck. But I knew that having accountability And this membership community was what they needed to actually do it. So that's kind of my three-tier process that's worked. It's insane. It's 60% of my revenue is from my course, which is crazy.
0: That's awesome though. Like that is so awesome. And I'm I'm the same way. Like I don't like to do the same thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And so every time I would get a question, I would make a video about it, but I didn't know this at the time, like I was, um, I I would, I don't call myself stupid. I was uninformed (laughs) of like, so I would go do a YouTube video and then I would title the video like for myself, like internally. Mm. So then I could go and like every time someone asked that question and then someone smarter than me was like, no, put that on your blog. And every time someone has that question, have them go search the question. And then your videos pop up there, Yes, and, you know, for like free SEO. And I was like, Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, and Angela quit titling your, uh, your podcast and your videos and your blog posts for yourself internally he's like think like a consumer when mm-hmm. a consumer lands on YouTube when they land on iTunes when they land what on a blog like or Google what are what are you typing how to whatever mm-hmm. um you know, it, 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 different platforms for different things. And he's like, that's how you want to start titling things. I'm like, well, shit. So I, right. I, went like, after I learned that I completely launched a different YouTube channel. We read all the videos that we pulled over. We renamed everything, uh-huh. but it, and it wasn't new content. It wasn't new videos, but it was the strategy behind yep. understanding how to do it. It was like, it seems so simple, but until someone teaches you why to do something the way that, you know, you don't know what you don't know, I'm like, oh, so that's how that works. <laughs> exactly. You just don't know. But that's the beauty of evolution. That's
1: the beauty of this online world that we're living in. There's a million and one ways to grow. And the best way is to just do it imperfectly and then pivot and implement as you learn. So mm-hmm. now, you know, and there's a free tip for all of you that have an online brand or platform. <laughs> Titles are life. They Titles are literally life. And you've got to get inside the brain of your avatar and say, what are they Googling? And then you turn that around and title all your stuff the way that they would be Googling.
0: Yep. It's so true. And, it, and people, like, what are your thoughts on, um, like, paid Google AdWords? Like,
1: oh, so- yeah. I don't know. I'm a huge advocate of just organic growth yeah. between my podcast and Pinterest. We drive 20,000 monthly viewers to my website and it's all completely free. And so yeah. I'm like, I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. I know that some people swear by it, but I just feel like if you're a local business, you, I think that would be a great strategy, right? Cause you're, you're coming up as a top search in a local market for something like you know, local sprinklers. Great. Google clicks would probably be a great bet for you. If you're an international brand, like I can coach anyone all over the world. Podcasting and Pinterest are a better bet for me because they're going to literally search for a specific phrase, like podcast coaching. My episodes are going to come up right away. Yep. So I've chosen that avenue, but it doesn't mean one is right or wrong. It means you have to find the one that really lights you up and the one that you want to do. I will say I've spent I spent years trying to make Facebook ads work for me, Angela. And the reason they didn't work for me is I didn't have a platform that, that created trust. So no matter what, if you guys are going to spend money on advertising in your business, you still have to have a brand that provides trust. And that's gotta be long form content. I don't care if it's a blog, a podcast, or a YouTube channel, you must do that now. You have to, in order to stand out and better yet, you actually have all three. That's why I love podcasting. I record one episode, it gets shared to YouTube, and then it gets transcribed into a blog. I've now hit all three free platforms with one 30-minute episode.
0: Yep. And like we we do this whole like wash, rinse, repeat thing. And mm. um, you know, people are like, how do you say it once and then use it nine or ten times? Well, it depends on how many platforms you're on, but when we start out with new people now when we're doing like social strategy and copy and things like that. I'm like, pick one, let's focus on one for at least 90 days and then see how that's going. But when you try to go out there and set up all 10 platforms and you try to be everything to everybody, it doesn't go so well. So the fact that you know, like Pinterest is your thing, like Facebook, that's cool that it's not your thing. Um, like you said, you—it's quality over quantity, a hundred percent. Like you don't need thousands of people; you just have to have that following. That I mean, I always say when people are like, "Oh, you don't have very many." I've literally had people say when I speak at some events, and they're like, "You don't have very many followers on Instagram," and I'm like, "I'm not about the numbers. I have met." or I know every single person that I follow or is on my Instagram, like, I make sure that I know them or I've met them, like, through conferences or podcasting or whatever. I don't want a bunch of fake people to make my numbers look better. I'd rather have 10 followers that are going to listen to what I'm saying, implement what I'm teaching and buy and invest in themselves rather than a hundred thousand people that aren't going to care what I'm doing. So that's where, like, what are your thoughts on how people are saying like, Oh, Instagram, they're taking away the views and the numbers. Like what are your thoughts on all that?
1: Oh, don't get me started on Instagram. I have an entire episode called, um, it's time to break up with Instagram. So that should give you guys some insight into how I feel. It is It is a, I think it's one of the enemy's favorite ways to distract us Mm -hmm. is using social media. And I think Instagram is the worst of them all. We spend Mm -hmm. hours and hours and hours there with zero return. Um, The algorithm is completely controlling what you see, how your things are seen. You own zero. It could be gone tomorrow. So if you enjoy it, get in there with limits but don't use it to actually grow your business what you have to use to grow your business is long form content it's the the facebook groups and the instagram stories i love those to go deeper and to get into like conversations with the people that already follow me but i don't use it for growth so mm-hmm. that's truly what i think and i also think we have to set crazy boundaries on social media because If you spend too much time in social media, you're never actually growing your brand because you're constantly in reaction mode. You get lost in the scroll, all the things. So I'm just, I'm like, if I could delete it, I actually would. That's how much I believe it doesn't add value to my business, which is weird, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, people ask me all the time. They're like, so do you love Facebook and did it like when I started my business? None of this shit existed. And it's a love-hate relationship. Like if I did not own businesses, nope, I wouldn't have it because I don't care to put out there what I'm doing. And if people who I care about knowing my business, they would know my business because they're in my business, because they're part of my family or my friends. But I will say from like a speaker's perspective like it has given it has given an opportunity to like learn and like get, get out there, like as a speaker. So like, I'm grateful for that, but it's definitely like a love hate relationship. So it's like, if, um, like we've been trying to get better at Pinterest and we, we used to have about 20,000 views a month. And then we, we took one of our team members and she's like, okay, I'm going to spend an hour a day, just five days a week during the week one hour a day on Pinterest and focusing on growing and getting our pictures and our boards organized and collaborating. Then we had an intern come in, she took over and she grew it to 650 plus million people in a month. That's so cool. Yeah. So it's like when people say like, do you have case studies that this works? I'm like, hell yeah. I have case studies, spend an hour in a day, spend an hour a day for six months. And like you're saying, like you can see the return on it. And then when Pinterest launched the whole ads platform, which I'm not great at, but thank God I'm surrounded by people who are good at that. Um, I tried to run one ad and I set it up like completely wrong. And that's why it had no return. So outsource that stuff, people, when you don't know how to do it, or take a course from somebody who knows how to do it. And, um, you know, but find your platform and you don't have to be on every single platform and everything to everybody. Like Mm -hmm. you you don't have to be. And that's what I think is a big takeaway here is that people think that they have to be everywhere. And you're right, there's no focus, there's no strategy. So I think that's hard for a lot of people. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and what you water grows. So Mm -hmm. you got to figure out, which platforms do you love? What's your long form content vessel that's right for you based on whatever you teach, is it podcasting, is it blogging, is it YouTubing? And then you really have to stick with it and just not look up. Like what well, you water grows, people are always like, what's the secret? What's the, the advanced podcasting strategy? I'm like, do more, do it better and do
0: more of it. That's it, that's it. Yep, totally. If people want to connect with you, Would you say Pinterest is your favorite platform? No, if people, I mean, if people want to connect with me, I bring them
1: to my podcast because I'm like, come
0: learn. Okay. At the Mompreneur Mastermind Show.
1: Yes. The Mompreneur Mastermind Show, anywhere you listen to podcasts, coaching, um, lots of Pinterest strategy, podcasting strategy. I have everything and anything. If you're an online entrepreneur that wants to scale your business in more of a passive way, then my podcast would be for you. And then Instagram is probably the second place. I'm in my stories and DMS. I'm not in the feed very much and I don't show up on weekends, but I am there. If you want to come (laughs) say what's up in the DMS it's at Stephanie
0: gas. I got it. And guys, it's S T E F is in Frank and A N I E and S. G A S S W S. I don't do you always have to say that.
1: Yes, I do. They're like gas. Gas just like normal gas like car.
0: Uh-huh. Yep, with two S's. I mean, I've two F's and two T's and people are like Crawford. I'm like no profit. Like F is in Frank, T is in Tom, two F's, two T's, like how, I don't know, but I I think I'm clear and they're like prop, I don't know. It's just, it's so funny what people say. (laughs) So we will put all of this in the show notes. This has been super, super fun. And if you are mom out there listening, just know that you can be a great wife. You can be a great Christian and you can be a wonderful mom and still be an entrepreneur and a mompreneur and gsd get shit done it can all happen just write it down and you've got to follow the guidelines and the boundaries to your life and just like stephanie says go listen to her podcast because i can already hear your energetic voice like keeping people on track so that's awesome thank you so much for being here today thank you angela everybody that's listening be sure to tune in next week and thank you so so much for your time today and i will talk to you guys next week have a great day bye that's it for this week's episode of business unveiled now that you have all the tools that you need to conquer the world and gsd get shit done would you share this with your friends and fellow business leaders one thing that would really really help us and help new listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a comment in Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in and listen to Business Unveiled. You can check out the show notes at angelaprofit.com slash podcast and link up with us on social media so you can share your biggest insights and I wanna know your aha moments. Until next week, remember,